songs unleashed. G'day everyone, Robbie Turner's my name. Welcome to another episode of Axons Unleashed. Now, put everything down and listen to this podcast. You've heard me speak lots over the last few weeks about veteran business ownership, veteran entrepreneurship, how to create a business, how to get going in business. And I've got a really, really special guest with me today. His name's Brett Campbell. Uh, I won't give him a full and proper intro because he's got about 10 different businesses. He's got a few pseudonyms. He's got a few aliases. He's got a few AKAs. But I call him the man, the myth, the legend. He's one of my mentors and one of my best friends, Brady Campbell. Welcome to Axons Unleashed. Mate, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm just a little bit disappointed that it's taken this long for you to actually invite me. I know, right? Yeah. So, fun fact, ladies and gents, <laughs> it was about two and a half, three years ago, yeah. I did my first ever podcast as a guest on one of your shows. Yeah, I felt sorry for you. You know, I needed to needed to give you a bit of a, an introduction into it. What you actually <laughs> did, you sent me an email, you went, mate, I've gone out to all of my network, yeah. they're all busy, I'm at, the, I'm at the end of my tether, yeah. I've got no one to join me. Are you free? I even even reached out to my mum and she does not like doing any podcasts. She's like, no, I just can't do it. <laughs> Mate, I'm really re- – so it's going to be a bit of a ro- roles reverse. So, yeah, I was a bit nervous doing that podcast with you now. And even though I think this is going to be episode 48 or something, you are. One of my favourite numbers, by the way. So it's going to be good for me to actually interview you and, you know, what you know about business and what you know about marketing and what you know about growth and what you know about, you know, just how, how to be a GC on the GC, quite frankly. I know a lot of my veteran and sort of defence community are going to really, really enjoy listening to your story. Just a bit of background. How many podcasts have you done as the host? As the host, probably about 500. Woo! Yeah. And how many different channels or – because you've got a few different podcast styles yeah, so as well. Yeah, so, I mean, many? I started a podcast back in oh, 2013, before podcasts were sort of mainstream. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, and I did that with – and it was a free podcast. Um, and so was this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, um, <laughs> in, in, a, in a sense that when I started it, there was no monetary um, – or no monetization thought through it, meaning mm. um, I did it for the fitness industry back in the, back in the days. Um, I had a fitness company back. Well, I started that in about two thousand and nine, and then podcasts sort of came on the scene. And then um, I had this end goal of you know I knew that when I started my fitness business that I wanted to be able to coach and teach and like I loved coaching and teaching people and sharing what I what I learned mm. so what I decided to do was document my journey of building a fitness business and I, I had the first podcast was called the fit professional podcast um, and fun fact actually that still gets about 500 downloads a month and I haven't done an episode since like 2000 and maybe 16 now. right yeah but what I did was I just shared everything that I was doing in my fitness business but the end goal and the purpose of, as to why I was doing it is I knew that eventually I would have something, a product or a service um, for fitness professionals. So, you know, I built up a, a real big community of fitness professionals who were just consuming my podcast. Um, so that's sort of where I, I started um, in the podcasting space. Then we did one in the fitness space. I did one in the personal development space, um, marketing space and I, I just think podcasts are a really good way and even more so now because they're definitely mainstream, right? They're just such a good way to be able to connect and really share the the layer two, three, four um, effects of you know information with people because you can you know you can have a highlight reel and you can do a sixty second video, but it's like well let's unpack that a little bit deeper so someone can walk away with some actual tangible 
you know, actions that they can implement. So Yeah, I loved it. I was um, – I remember reaching out to you a few in, – in the days leading up to the podcast you were doing with me, I'm like, mate, what's the script? What are we going to talk about? What's the structure? You're like, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> and now, even though certainly in season one, Daniel, you would, would remember – we, it was quite scripted because I wanted to like chronologically log and make sure I didn't miss any of the key events of why Axon started, how we how we got created, and and the way that we sort of evolved. But since then, mate, during season three now, every single person that's come on, they're like, "What are we going to talk about?" I'm like, "I don't know. Let's just get in there and draw off." And here we are. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in following your intuition. <clears throat> you know, like. When I first started my first ever podcast, I think if we go back to maybe the first couple of episodes, I might have had some questions written down. Yeah. But I feel for me personally, and this isn't for everyone because there's some really successful podcasts that are you know totally scripted and you know the first 10 questions that they're going to ask throughout the entire thing. But what that does is it puts you in guide rails and it doesn't allow you to go deeper or dig deeper on something that's like, oh, I haven't heard this person talk about that before or this person hasn't shared that before. You know, because I've done so many podcasts, I've got so many different stories in my back pocket mm. that through my head when I'm asked a question if I know that there's a script that you need to get through 12 questions and you ask me a question I'm like well now's probably not a good time to use that seven minute story that I have so I might have to use the two minute version does that make sense versus if we're just drawing off I could sit here and go well I'm going to tell this 32 minute story because I think it's valuable yeah I guess the the lesson I'm bringing out of this ladies and gents is that if you if you've got your own business right now or you're thinking about starting your own business Get yourself onto a podcast at some stage. We we actually have been going for about three years until we got to that point. Mm. Um, but it's been a real. It's been something which has changed the dynamic. Oh, there's so many people reach out to me and go, "Mate, I listened to that podcast and you spoke to X, Y, and Z. I had mm. no idea about that. Thank you for sharing." I'm like, all that makes me do. I'm like, fuck, I can't wait to do another one mm. with someone and think some of the things you and I are going to talk about today. I know so many people stare at the ceiling at night and go, "How the fuck am I going to implement X, Y, Z? Mm. I have no idea where to, where to go." Um, let's take us back to the start. Mm. Do you remember how you and I met? Mate, we did. I was, I was running a workshop. I was running a full-day event. Actually, it was a two-day event. I was running the full two days. And um, at the end of the first day, generally when you're speaking from stage, Down in you, Sydney. Know, you give a lot of energy. And mm. you, uh, you know, I, was, I was looking forward to going back to my hotel. And I think you come up to me after the event. You're like, hey, come on, come on down. We're going to go have a few drinks. I'm like, oh. Okay. This Already, is in I felt your Harbor. intensity. I felt your intensity as soon as I met you. I was like, "Oh, this guy. I think me and him could have a bit of fun." Um, and that's what I was probably scared of. Anyway, we fast forward. We went down to the bar, and you know, you bought me a drink, and then the very next drink was like, "Can we swear on this podcast?" I just did I'm about three sure. times. Oh, yeah, okay. I just, can I swear? I'm asking for permission. <laughs> Normally, I don't fucking ask for permission, but um, so the next thing was, "All right, motherfuckers, who's who's ready to party?" I was like. Jeez, mate, we're like two. This is our second drink, and then next minute you bring around of espresso martinis, and and mate, the rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd actually been following you on social media, podcasts, yeah. and whatever else. You did something else very unique as well. Was you had a videographer follow you around for about uh, for a year yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, it seemed well, to be about a year. Yeah. It's almost like you documented your journey, documented your daily habits, documented some of the things you were working on, and, and certainly we've tried that a little bit here at Axon and. I just don't think my fucking life is interesting enough to have – I couldn't do that for a whole year. Like, I'll get there, and we've done lots of little videos, and many of you have seen now me doing my little car OODA loops, little um, GoPros shoved in my face in the car, and I really like getting things off my chest and, you know, um, letting people know what's going on there. But how was that, mate, having a videographer follow you around for and just – when we're talking about unpacking things mm. – they get to see so much raw, real, behind-the-scenes, unscripted mm. um, way of you. What was that like? 
Yeah, very interesting actually. We we did it, the intent was it was when I started our my last business that I founded, which is Claxon. So that's our digital growth agency. So we started that five years ago. And the intent was to be able to have a videographer follow me for the first year of building that. And I'm so glad that we did that. Even at, you know, if nothing else came from it, just the fact that it was documented, us doing that. Um, towards the end, it, it, I all, well, I didn't even realise that he was there, you know, because it, it was just so normal to be like walking in, put on the, the microphone for the morning, and yeah. then I'd just carry on with my day and it'd just be captured. But um, it, I, I think the... The beautiful thing from it was just the ability to be so transparent and show the ups and the downs and the everything in between and and um, it's just something really nice to be able to have and not and not only that I mean from the business outcomes of it I mean look it generated a, a massive ton of business obviously people like to do business with people that they trust um, and I think trust a lot of trust is built when you are super transparent with people. So that's why podcasts are so dynamic and so powerful is people are seeing Robbie Turner, a different Robbie Turner than they might see on your Facebook Live or, you know, your weekly shows that you guys do and or a, a perfectly scripted video to a teleprompter. It's just very different. People get to see the real you and, and people do business with people, right? So it, it just allowed another layer deeper of connection. Yeah, so good. Um, that whole... Vulnerability is really, really key these days. You know the cycle. No, you got to know someone, then you get to like them, then eventually you might get to trust them. Only then will you do business with them, and that's we absolutely. So there's, an, there's another thing, ladies and gents. That's the ladder of sort of people buying shit or people using someone's services. No, like, trust, then do business. Mm. If you just go straight to try and selling stuff to people that don't know you or don't like you and certainly don't trust you, it ain't going to happen. Because mm. you and I have never bought anything of value, of worth. Sure, e-commerce, you buy stuff off online, whatever. I need a T-shirt, bang, that looks good. Thanks. I don't need to trust the business owner. No. <laughs> it's a, but when you're, when you're providing mm. services to someone, certainly over an elongated period of time, whereby their input and their buy-in will – directly result what outcome you're, you're trying to achieve, you want to go down through that ladder. Yeah, yeah, mate, it. look, tr trust is such a powerful dynamic in business and it depends if you're a product business or a service-based business because to, to your point, you know, if, if you're the behind the scenes and you're no way in, in shape or form, you know, the face of the business, then you probably don't need to be out there trying to show your level of transparency or just be a real person. But if, if you are, you know, f for your example... I know you guys have such a deep connection with the ADF and your community because you're out there, you're putting it out there, you're, you wear your heart on the sleeve, you're that type of person anyway, right? So it comes naturally to you. So people who are listening to this who are like, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not as confident as Robbie or, you know, I, I probably don't feel like I want to do that. There's a market of people who feel exactly like you as well. and But you don't have to be this fully, you know, all edges rounded, perfect persona person. You just got to be you. And that's that's that whole thing about being able to be transparent and have the humility to be able to just show up as you. I heard a wonderful saying a few weeks ago. I've known about it for a long time, but now I think about it all the time. It's okay to be perfectly imperfect. Hmm. And people love that because I'm like, you're in the right place because <laughs> that's me to a T. <laughs> um, speaking, of, speaking of services, so, in, you know, full, full transparency, we, Axon, used your firm, Klaxon, hmm. hmm. which was a bit, a bit weird at first. People was like, 
did he fucking copy your name? I'm like, no, no, no. It's it's Klaxon's a big fog, klaxon, fog horn. Not, not Klaxon, mate. How many oh. times do we have to have this conversation? <laughs> you get the picture out, right? <laughs> hey, come um, on, Robbie. <laughs> we were we were over in Fiji, I think it was in a, in that sort of business mentoring group that we met down in Sydney. We went on a we went on a trip to Fiji. You were there again as one of the guest speakers, yeah. and I remember again. We might not have been drinking uh, espresso martinis, but we're certainly a few drinks at the bar. And you said, "Listen, I want." I think we should get together and have the opportunity for Klaxon to mm. be able to provide services to Axon. Mm. Um, and you said one thing to me, do you remember that is? You, you promised me one thing. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm either going to blow up your business or I'll blow up your business. <laughs> I was like, bro, did you just use one of a military term back at me? I was like, what do, what do you mean by that? So Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a philosophy that I certainly live by. It's it's I use another metaphor of imagine having a Toyota high-ace van Right, and you strap a nos canister, you know, nos canisters to it. It's 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 just not going to function correctly. And the in the metaphor that I was using with you was Klaxon, our agency, because I've been doing this for so many years, and I knew the power of marketing and the power of a marketing strategy and what it can do if put with the right business, right? Because um, a lot of times people come to us for, at an agency level, and their business just isn't ready for a specific marketing strategy because they need to still do the step one, step two, step three. You know, your your sales team isn't set up or you don't have sales scripts or you don't know how to convert or you don't have a website. You can't do any marketing if you don't have a website, right? Mm. Um, well, you can, but in many cases you, you, you can't. So it's that being ready for it. And I knew you were ready for it because we'd known each other for over a year, I think, before then. And By I was then, like, yeah. all right, mate, now – now I see where you're at. I see what you've got in place. Now you need this as the bolt-on addition. And, I mean, it, it obviously, you know, yeah, worked out pretty well it for blew you. It blew yeah, up our business. It blew up your business. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're still here, so yeah. we weren't blown to smithereens, but it, we certainly went from um, helping X amount of people to Y amount of people very, very quickly, which, yeah, which was great. Because, remember, it was just Tamara that was doing all of our marketing. Yeah. You know, she would, so Tamara was the general manager and the marketing manager and my wife um, all sort of wrapped in the one. And Ooh. as you rightly put forward there, that's going to reach its limit. Um, no slight on her capability, but, she, you know, for us... The, yeah, she's only one person. For yeah, us we're going to team go, with 35 people who yeah. do this stuff all day, every day. And, yeah. you know, it's like the eat, sleep. So I'm not going to go and try and... Like, you know, when, when I want investment properties, I'm not going to go and try and do a, a one-off deal with a builder who might be able to help me out and do this or where I might be able to get a better deal because the, the learning curve of what I need to learn in order to be able to get that over the line is just tremendously Huge. outweighs the advantage of just going, hey, Robbie, hook me up with a couple of properties, mate. Yeah, makes, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. So it's – it's and, and this is a concept that – um that I've recommended this book a handful of times um, because it's the only one I know that really talks about this at that level. Um, it's called Who Not How and it's that philosophy of, you know, instead of asking yourself how do I do this or how do I get this done, it's who do I need to get to get this done? Who do I need to talk to? You know, who do I need to hire? Or who do I need to just go and have lunch with? Or who do I need to ask this question to? Because every answer is out there waiting. You just need to either... Ask a better question or ask a better person. Mm. Yeah, very true. Right? And that's it. in any area of life. Yeah. Um, speaking about marketing, the importance of marketing, of course, and brand, avatar, um, product to market fit, et cetera, et cetera. I'd, I'd love to get your thought, like as an expert business growth um, person in that space, and you've seen 
countless mm. countless businesses and countless industries with countless different brands and countless different um, sort of product to market fit there. If you were, if, if I was a defence member, say I'd done, I just tell me, I've done twenty plus years in the military. I'm like, I'm done with that now. I've got a, I've got a specific skill set. Say I was a plumber in the in, in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, which is now quite easily transferable into. I'm like, I now want to start my own plumbing business. Mm-hmm. What would if I was sitting here now? What would you say to that person? What, mm-hmm. Like, if you were to give them maybe three bits of gold yep. advice for someone who's grown and sold countless businesses mm-hmm. yourself as the as the owner, and now been working with hundreds of others since then, what would be the three greatest bits of advice you'd be able to give that person? My first question back would be: Are you sure? Are you, really? Right. You, you really want to go and build your own business? Tell me about that. Why? So this is the missing link because entrepreneurship has such a low barrier of entry to get into. You could literally jump online, go to the ABR website and register a company and you're a business person. You're an entrepreneur. So the barrier of entry is so easy that it just it f- it f- feeds this area of, you know, what, I'm just going to give it a crack anyway. And first of all, I, I love the, the mentality of I'm going to give it a crack because I've lived a lot of my life through that that lens. But I reframe it now by looking at it and going, and this this really highlighted to me during COVID, right? Because during COVID, yeah, the world was up in storm and, you know, I was talking with literally dozens of businesses, well, I'd probably say hundreds of businesses a month through that period of trying to almost counsel them through the situation. And a lot of the times... I, my advice back to them once we went through some questions, which I'll, I'll get back to, it was, it sounds like you shouldn't continue doing this. Like to me, with everything that I'm hearing right now, with what you're really wanting and the, the feeling that you have right now, I've seen COVID as an ultimate opportunity for many people to, because we live in a world in Australia, especially where it's, you don't give up. Don't give up, mate. And, and when I got, I got kicked out of high school when I was 16, right, and I became a cabinet maker. So I took a trade. It was the only job I had in my hometown. I took that job. I knew from day one it wasn't what I wanted to do. But I stuck at it for like five years, right, because my mum gave me some advice saying, son, don't give up. Stick at it. You know, it'll be something you can always revert back to if, everything, if anything else fails in your life. <laughs> Bless her heart. Great advice from her. But I'm like, yeah, not, thanks, mum. I don't take any business advice from my mum. But my point there is that sometimes you've got to stop and look at and go, well, maybe this isn't something that I need to continue doing, right? Maybe I need to stop and this is an opportunity for me to go, well, Maybe there is a different path for me or a different position that I can take. So back to this, the plumber example is I'd be asking, and this is for anyone, is are you really sure? Tell me why you want to own your own business. Because I'll tell you what, and for most people in business is they're the lowest paid person in their company, yep. right? Especially for the first few years. Especially for the first few years. You know, I, I didn't pay myself a cent in the first year of, of building our agency, right? Um and that was because I didn't have to because I didn't need to as well because I'm, I'm very well aware that people can't just take no money. Um, but my point is, is what are you willing to give up now to get down the track? And this is that sitting down with the plumber and going, okay, well, what's your five-year plan look like? Have you thought about, oh, no, I just you know, I just got out of the military and I just want to get started. So, well, let's actually really battle test whether or not you should do this first and foremost, right? And that, that is where I'd spend 80% of my time with this person. Because once you know and you, you have the decision that this is what I want to do, the rest is easy. The reason why most people fail in business or 
most people uh, on a roller coaster ride is because they keep facing indecision every couple of months. They'll get motivation and that'll dwindle off, and then they're like, oh, actually, and that's because inside, deep down in their soul, they're like, oh, I probably shouldn't do this. Maybe I should have just gone and worked at a plumber at one of the local plumbers, or maybe I should have just got a franchise of a, a plumbing franchise that's already there instead yeah. of trying to build my own franchise, or maybe I should have partnered with someone else. The, the biggest issue I see with qualified people who have skill is that then a lot of them are not entrepreneurs and they shouldn't be entrepreneurs. Maybe you could be a 50-50 partner with someone who is an entrepreneur who can run the manage and, and the business side of it, but you're amazing at the product, right? So that's where I'd start is truly, truly digging deep on should you even be starting this and why? What is, what is the drivers behind this? If you, don't, if you can't see five years into the horizon of where this thing, if someone sat there and goes, Brett, I want to have the number one plumbing franchise in this country. I go, well, that's a great goal. That sounds great. Why, Why? do you want that though? Like, <laughs> What's the driver? Mm. And it doesn't mean if you can't come up with this miraculous answer that you shouldn't explore it or, or look at it. But I just feel that there's – it's use your, your properties, right? The property doesn't start when the slab gets poured. There's months of pre-work that goes into it, right? The property building is, like the building of the property is the easiest part in many cases, right? It just, once everything's decided and you've chosen this, you've chosen that, that's all happened. But when it comes to business, it's like, I've got an idea, right? I'm going to go be a plumber, all right? I'm going to build my website. I'll spend a few hundred bucks. I'll, I'll get some my uncle's cousin to build the website because they know how to use the WordPress. WordPress. And, you know, <laughs> so... And then you sort of get there and you're three steps forward and you're like, oh, have, I, have I even really thought this through? So there's just not enough time spent really thinking through whether or not this is what you should do. Well, a lot of people, um, first and foremost, a book springs to mind as well called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Mm. That's a cracking book to read as well. That's the, the first book that I ever read from front to back. I was on a train in Sydney and I was going down to Wollongong to see my sister and I was so immersed in this book that I missed the stop and I ended up like an hour past Wollongong. I was like, oh my gosh. Like I literally read the whole book from front to back because it spoke to me. Mm. Straight off after reading that, I went and built a franchise. I did not know you even read that book. And now the fact that what you were just talking to then, what sprung to my mind was that E-Myth is a... So ladies and gents, write that down. The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Go find it in whatever bookstore or Audible you, you can get your hands on. Um, it'll change the way you look at stuff. So most people are like... I want to be my own boss. I'm sick of being told what to yep. do. I want more freedom. I want more time. Mm -hmm. I want more money. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why a lot of people start a business for. Yep. But as you and I both know, mate, you get no freedom, no time, very little money. And sure, you're not getting anyone to tell you what to do like in the first few mm. years when you sort of start a business. The key thing back to what you just said there, right, and this is just where I, I get on an explorative you know, journey with people and I'll go, okay, talk to me. How much freedom do you want? How much time? Like specifically, tell me how much freedom. Do you want to work three days a week, five days a week, four days a week? Or do you just want to be able to take six holidays a year? What is it that you're actually seeking? Because by just putting it out there going, I just want more time. What does that even mean? Like you've got heaps of time, right? After work. You, but it's like, what are you going to do with your time? Why do you want more time? And then the big one is money, right? And a lot of people don't like to talk about money, but... I love talking about money. Yeah. Why would you not? Money is what provides everything. Money is the currency of exchange on, the, on this planet, right? So I heard you say. That. I heard you say when I think it was might have been that before we had that um, martini. 
I heard you say that earlier that morning. You went, are we okay to just talk about money? Like, all of you are here because you want to make yeah. more money. Let's be just unashamedly bold about that. Yeah. Everyone put your hand up if you want to make more money in the whole fucking room. Put their hand up. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. You, I, I try, well, not that I have to or I can, but <laughs> anyone I speak to, I'm like, I give you 100% permission to, I, I talk about it as your selfish desire. Okay, because it's just a different reframe of how you can really speak to what it is. Because once, you know, once I have you know two, three questions with you, it's like let's get to the source of it. how much money do you really want? Like why and why do you want that? Real, yeah. Why do you want that amount of money? It's okay to want money because if you're starting a business, one of the first things you should do is create a budget, right? You because sh- that is what a business is. You have a, a set budget and not a budget on you know just what you can spend and so forth. It's like Look over a 12-month period, how much money do you want this business to make? Let's say you want to make a million dollars for the year. Okay, so that's $83,333 a month if broken out evenly. Okay, these are the expenses. So you've got it. The foundation of business is predicated off finances, right? Because that's going to dictate how many clients do we need, how many leads do we need, et cetera, right? Um, So permission to be able to speak about money is absolutely imperative because a lot of people are torn between it between impact versus the money. The impact, like, if you want to have an impact of a mil- on a million people, that's going to come at a rate of what's it going to cost, what are you going to generate from each client, and that's all financially driven. Because if you just want to have impact, do it for free. Mm. Yep. Or, or give away your service at the lowest nominal amount that you possibly can. It's like, well, you clearly don't want just impact, right? It's okay to have impact and money jointly tied together that's where i believe they live um people like to throw impact above in many in many cases more to i I believe personally to pander to money not being that important but it is because you have to have the more money you have the more impact you can make correct so if you're someone who wants to make more impact you need more money so you can do more impactful things yeah um so i'm not sure where your question went there no it's perfect mate i love i love that you um You've got to be that fair, fair exchange of value. I love paying people my money to provide me services or provide me a material thing, whatever whatever I need. So, you know, there's not, nothing wrong with that, mate. It's gold. But, you, you know, especially in, in Australia, a lot of people don't talk about don't talk about bloody religion, don't talk about money. Mm. You know, it's like, fuck, why not, though? Absolutely. But that's what a business does. Without, without any spondula in the business, there's yeah. no oxygen. The business can't mm. run. You know, the love, trust, and pixie dust only go so mm. far. That's cool. That's cool. Running a charity, yeah. and that ain't that ain't a business. So you're in the, when you're in a commercial space, and you've got costs, and you've got overheads, and you've got other mouths to feed. Mm. Like it would, it would be, it would be fucking horrendous if Axon was not able to operate anymore from a money perspective. Not because of the impact that we wouldn't be able to have, but I've, there's veterans over my right shoulder yeah, you that got need families that, that need yeah. buddy <laughs> that need yeah. money in their life. You know, and it comes from sort of you know. Um, so I need to show up. I need to be able to perform. We've got to have a good brand. We've mm. got to have good reviews. Like we've got to, you know, take care of our clients and make sure that they have a great experience. So therefore, they can bloody tell their tell their other fa- family Absolutely. and friends about it. That's the way that that's the way the world works. Mm. How many movies have we all seen mm. based on a blind recommendation from someone that we trust? Mm-hmm. I've never even heard of that movie, but if Brett says it's good, I better go fucking watch mm. it. <laughs> that's, yeah, you know, that's, and that's that's the highest level that you can get to in business. Is yes, marketing is important. And at the end of the day, the person who can spend the most money to acquire a client will win business hands down. Yep. It just depends how bottomless pit of that money is, right? Like money can dry out, but if, if you've just got money just to keep soaking back into it and soaking back into it, 
you're going to win because you're going to outspend your competitors. But the reality is, is the only way you can outspend your competitors is by being able to, one, sell a product for more than what it costs you to acquire a, a, um, yeah. a customer, right? Yeah. So your ability to reinvest is unbelievably important, but that will only last so long because what happens if there's an algorithm and change in Facebook and Instagram and Google and all these different advertising channels, the customer or the business that will win is the business that gets repeat customers and you don't have to pay for them, right? Yeah. One thing I said to you, and, and this was before you really um, you know, started growing you know, um, amazingly, was I said, wait until all your customers come back because they love the service that you've provided Wait till they just keep coming back to you and you don't have to acquire that client again. They're already there. They're, they're going to be an easier client to work with, right? It's almost like, hey, I want another property, Robbie. Sort me out. Versus having to go through an entire let's get to know each other, let's get to trust each other, et cetera, et cetera. So the company that has a product that doesn't require you to have to spend an obscene amount of marketing dollars to make it win will over the long term end up winning. Yeah. Right. I'm so happy that that's us right now. Like over the last two years, 70% of all of the opportunity we've had to help people has either come from yeah. people that want to do it again or people directly referring their friends. Any business in the world. And that's just a testament to the product that you have though as well, right? And and it's, it's about that customer experience that is provided. It's not about, okay, I'll get this one job and then that's it. It's like, well... This could lead into another job. That family member could then tell that person and that person, that person. It happens it's, every day. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I still love the thrill of having the people that are really cautious. They're really um, not knowing about whether, whether buying, buying a property. Like getting a, getting a repeat customer that come in and they're like, yeah, sweet, want to buy another property? No worries. It's like, yep. psh, easy. There you go. Quick little fucking plan together. Match it all up, bang, boys, girls, go do that uh -huh. for you. You know, and everyone's like, sweet, bloody, I've got, you know, Jane coming back around again to buy another property. It was uh -huh. amazing. But people are like, oh, is this for me? And what about's going on with private? Yeah. Like, somewhat, they're not skeptical because I filter that out very quickly. They've got loads and loads of questions. Yep. I love the opportunity yep. of having, of also having that, that dialogue with them. Because at Keeps the end of the day, game. well, it does, but at, at the end of the day, it's, it's their money. It's their financial future. If they're not sure about it, don't fucking do it. Mm. The last thing I want anyone to do is use our services and then be staring at the ceiling going, oh, shit, what mm. have we done? Mm. Like, we've failed them as far as that goes. Mm -hmm. But, mate, back to I, – mm. I, I know where we took off with this, this little bit of a segment was I want free time, I want more money, right? I'll, so it comes back to once again, and I think there's a theme already popping out of this just this podcast, is seeking more clarity – Right, before you pull the trigger, seek a lot more clarity. So what free time do you want? Why don't you why do you want to be your own boss? Like that that in itself we could talk about for an hour. It's like let's mm. explore why don't you want to be your own boss? Is it because you had a fucking asshole of a boss? My boss when I was an apprentice, man, that dude was like in this day and age, workplace bullying, everything like he called me so many names. He'd come out and like it was it was unbelievable what this dude actually What did. year was that in though? Just that to was, provide context. Uh, blah, 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 blah. What are we talking? 25 years ago now. Okay, so late 90s. Yeah, late 90s, yeah, yeah. early 2000s. Yeah. And that was in New Zealand as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like to the point, so would this, this is a funny story. Um, one of my, because I'd, I'd sort of moved up and I had a couple of apprentices. One of my apprentice was, he was routering some door hinges out of, of a door and he'd done it, he, he did the, um, he put the door in the wrong way and, and the, against the bevel. Anyway, he, he made a mistake. Boss comes out, 
picks up that door, throws it on the ground and breaks it in half. And he goes, you fucking useless. Yeah. You know, that word. And then he, he walked over to the pallet of untouched doors that were about to be routed. He continues to pick those doors up, throws them around the place. There's about he, he wrecked about six or seven more doors and caused more damage than what had happened because we would already we could fix the first door. But long story short... Um, that would be a reason for me to go. Yeah, I don't. I want to be my own boss. You know, it doesn't mean that every boss out there is like that. So, my point that I'm really trying to make here is, if you, if one of, if your core driver out of all of those reasons is, I just don't like my boss, or I want to be my own boss. It's like, but why? Is it because you had a bad experience? Maybe you might be able to go out there and find a boss that's actually really awesome to work with, and they can help grow you and and mold you into the next phase of what it really looks like for you. So yeah. it's just really seeking clarity is so important. I just don't think we spend enough time having those conversations, especially with ourselves. You know, I'm in the process of doing that right now. So, you know, as you sort of alluded to, I've got a portfolio of companies that basically run themselves. So I'm, I'm either a chairman or chief advisor to our CEOs in, our, in my portfolio of companies. And I'm, I've been effectively retired for the last two years, right? Um, well, you've been raising your beautiful little well, daughter. that's right, yep. First daughter came along and I'm like, you know, it was, it was funny because I've, I've always had this, whenever I have my first child, I'm going to be there for every single moment that I decide to want to be there for, which is all of it right now. Um, but as an entrepreneur, I'm still being pulled to going, well, you know, we are talking about this on Friday when we were playing golf. I was like, you know, I really only have about five hours of work a week and I need more problems to solve. <laughs> Yeah, I need more problems to solve. And the problems that I like solving more are business problems. But if I'm not solving more business problems, it'll just be personal problems that, that get attracted to me, right? The universe <laughs> is giving me what I want. So I'm in this transient phase right now of what's this next thing that I sink my teeth into or put a put a flag up in the air and go, hey, I'm, I'm open for business. What is that? And I've never taken so long in my life because normally I'm the guy that, hey, like we built a franchise in our fitness company I had an idea. I put a Facebook post out and I said to the community, where would you like a location if we were to open another one? And we had like 700 comments on this post. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to build a franchise. The next day I built a sales page, put it up and got people to register. I was like, oh shit, now I'm going to build a franchise. Yeah. So I acted extremely quick. Now I'm a lot more methodical and going, but hold on a minute. Because once I do that, it is harder to, to rewind the tape. It is harder to revert back. So if you're sitting there, you're like, you know, I want to be a plumber, I'm going to start my own business, and you just spur to action. You know, for me, whenever I got a school project back when I was a kid, I would, and so many people would be able to relate to this, I bet, is the first night I got the project, I went home and I started that thing like crazy, and then I put it away for the next two weeks until the last night before it was due, and then I had to go scramble to finish it, right? So I know how I am in life and I know that that's a personality trait of mine and that carries over into business if I don't look, look out carefully so I need to make sure that before I pull the trigger and wave my flag and draw a line in the sand and go I am now opening this plumbing business I need to decide am I still going to want to feel like that in the next couple of weeks three months six months and just just battle test it the reality also is is that in six months I may something may happen I'm like oh no it's not a good idea and that's okay but I'll tell you what, it's a lot harder to rewind or to sh to, because a lot of people stay in business because they're like, I have to prove it to my family or I have to prove it to my partner or I have to prove it to someone. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah, or they make or they find themselves financially 
trapped. Stretched, yeah. And they're like, they told their partner that, hey, look, I really want to do this and I want to start my plumbing business because I've got Bob. He wants me to do his plumbing. So I've already got like three jobs lined up. And then once those jobs are gone, it's like, shit, where's my next business coming Mm. through? Then you're scrambling doing eight-hour nights, watching webinars on marketing, getting pulled into everyone's funnel, buying their products. When you're like, well, wait on a minute. You can maybe avoid that or you can create a better plan up front you know, prior to, to pulling the trigger. Yeah. Mate, I love the fact that you are not, even though you're expert executionist and implementer and mentor about getting people to do stuff, the fact that you concentrate so much up front and go, let's set the parameters, let's plan this out, let's truly understand the vibe and the heartbeat of like why you want to do this. Because, mm. um, yeah, like you said, once you've got all that stuff nailed down, the rest of it's just process. Yeah. The rest of it's just teaching you the mechanics of how, how it all works. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I hope you're getting lots out of this. Even even listening to you speak again now, I'm like reminding myself, I'm like, I fucking love this still as much today as what I did mm. back in March 2017. It's and you've got to, quite frankly. Well, it's the same message, but you're hearing it with a different set of perspectives. The you, lens. Yeah, you, you're looking at it through a different lens now. You know, you're not the robber you were three, four, five years ago. And that's why it's thankfully, really, yeah, yeah. Thank God for that. He's grown up a little bit. Well, um, that, that would be arguing. That's, that's that's another podcast. But yeah, I, I, just to to wrap a bow around that point specifically is the ability to think up front because I, I remember when my last sort of workshops because I haven't done any in the last two years. This is actually my second podcast back. I, I shared with you on Friday. Yeah, second cool. podcast in two years when I'd you know I'd be doing them weekly or you know multiple a week. But it's allowed me to sit back and, and look through a different set of lenses now as well because um, I've never – I haven't always been in this position, you know, a, as a business person because I was involved in business day-to-days. Um, but then I realise where I do my best work. And I think if, if you can realise where you do your best work and what your unique ability is, your skill – for me, I'm really good at, at, at um, creating a vision – I'm really good at implementing and getting started and getting things set up. But I'm not so great on the continuation and delivery of something because it doesn't excite me. What gives me more momentum is the ability to be able to create. I'm a creator at heart and I love it. Um, When I realise that I shouldn't be the CEO of any of our companies, that was a rewarding day for me because I felt like I had to be though. Like I literally felt like, oh, um, I'm only successful if I'm a CEO. So, and then I was, again question myself: I was like, well, what does that even mean? Like, what do you mean it's successful to be this? It's like, and then once I got to it, I'm like, for me, it's more successful to be able to not even be in a business and reap the rewards of a business. So that was just me transferring through to the next level of my journey as well, you know. But if if you can really sit there and give yourself the time up front, you're going to save so much extra pain and heartache and and misery. Yeah, because like you're thinking about there that um, when you're on the tools, you're a technician, then you become a leader, then you become a manager, then you become the entrepreneur, but then you've got like the CEO, then you, you've gone one step further. You're the, a board member of that particular business. Well, so that's, you're, not, you're, yeah. not, you're like a non, non-executive, that means you're not in it day-to-day, board member. Yeah, and that's where I do best. Like before we did this podcast, I literally did an hour worth of calls. I spoke to two of the companies working with the CEO through some important decisions about new product launches and this and that and that. And I was just giving my two cents advice, making sure that they have what they need and I act as a really good sounding board for them. 
And that's my day's work, you know. Outside of this podcast, then we're going to go and have a nice lunch, you know. But then now what's happened, and this is why I said I'm in this transient sort of position right now, where I'm like, I still, because I'm a worker at heart, like I, mate, when I was, you know, 10 years old, I had my first business, and I say business, it wasn't a registered PTY, LTD or anything. <laughs> I was actually door knocking houses and I was mowing lawns and doing all that sort of stuff. So I, I love hard work and I love working. So now I'm still battling with this old situation of I don't feel like I've done a day's work, but this is, this is an important lesson. It's, but it's not about the input that I put in, it's about the output, right? So I used to gauge my success based off how many hours I work a day, right? Or how many sales calls I did. None of that fucking matters. Nope. What's the outcome? Because you could, you could come up to me and go, Brett, I was here at 5 a.m. and I left at, 10 p.m. and I made 800 sales calls and I'd be like, mate, first of all, dedication is amazing, but what was the outcome? How many how many sales did you get? Oh, none. Well, that's no bueno, right? That's that's not a good situation to be in. So being able to, to look at, and this was something that I had to personally work through myself, is it's about the input and the value that I could produce that leads to the output. So... Yeah. I, I, you, I call that term being industrious. Like you're creative, you're industrious, you're looking, you're always looking for um, better, smarter, more efficient ways of doing things. Because anyone can work hard. Yeah. That's like grindstone sort of stuff. Yep. But you can then, you know, and I guess to use that sort of plumber example, if you're an awesome person on the tools and you're a great technician, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a great business leader. Correct. You know, well, I'm on the tools because I choose to be. I don't have to be. Correct. And I've grown a team underneath yeah. me now. I genuinely love coaching and putting a strategy together for our clients. And I'll absolutely verify that because despite my efforts the last couple of years to try and get you out of every tool and just to be able to float around the business where you want to be, you genuinely do love coaching. And that's an amazing thing. And if that's what you want to do, that's that's exactly what you should do, Right. We're, we're in the process right now, one of the companies where we're sort of restructuring um, internally between our operations and our products team because there's a bit of an overlap. And, you know, one of the recommendations put forward to me was, um, look, there's this guy, he's super talented, he's a great technician, maybe we should put him into this manager role. And I'm like, no, well, hold on a minute. What skill set does he have to show that he's a great manager? Does he even want, does he have aspirations of being a manager? Because I'll tell you what, very different skill set of someone who is a manager slash leader, because that's what we should really be calling them, leaders, not managers, but um, we won't go down there. But what you're essentially doing is you're going to take the best guy we have off the tools to want to put him into the managing spot to manage all the others. It's like you, you don't take your best football player off the park to make him the coach, Right. So maybe in the lower divisions, you can yeah. be a player coach. <laughs> Although a lot of people evolve to that based if, on if age. That's what they have aspirations for. It's that's not. Right. It's not a. You become good at your craft. Now you become the leader of the the team. That's not how it should work. Because not everyone is is born a leader. Yeah, you know, not everyone is born a leader. You're either. I think you've either got it or you don't. Yeah, like I, I have an unbelievable desire to help lead people. Like I'm naturally pulled towards that, so it's not an, a hard effort for me. There's, there's no um, doubt, doubting why I have on my on my phone probably about fifteen different leadership books. It's because I really want to 
uncover everything I possibly can about leadership. Those are the people that you want to bring and promote through into your business. It's just like when people start a business, you really need to uncover, and we'll go back to this plumber example, it's like, there's the delivery of the product, but then there's all the administrative work, then there's all the customer service work, then there's the follow-up work, then there's the marketing, the sales, the, the phone invoicing, calls. The money. The, the, all the of that stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, if that's not something that you have an unbelievable deep passion about growing and learning and evolving, not because you're curious about it, but because you really want to do this, then find someone else, partner with someone else. I'm, I'm a massive believer in, in that now. When I started my first company, I didn't want to partner with anyone because I didn't want to give anything of it up because I was like, no, this is mine. I want yeah, all, let's, the, let's I want all the fruits. Yeah. You know, yeah. I want all the fruits. I fruit. want 100% of everything. Absolutely. And the funny thing was, was my first day as an apprentice when I was 16 years old, I walked into the joinery factory and there was a guy over, over the other side of the factory um, packing up his tools. I said to, the, to my boss, um, and I had two bosses, a bad one and a good one. This was the good one. I said to him, I said, oh, um, what's that? What's he doing? He goes, oh, he's, he's packing up his tools. It's his last day here. He's going to start his own factory. I'm like, oh, okay. And he goes, I'll tell you this. He goes, it's better to be a part of something than a whole of nothing. And I was like, oh, that never really dawned upon me until, you know, post my first company. I was like, oh, I see what it is. It's like, would you rather have 10% of a $100 million business or 100% of a $1 million business. Mm -hmm. I mean, right? Yeah. Um, and that was when I understood what leverage was. And it wasn't just leverage from, because people look at it when you go, oh, I'm going to go into a partnership with someone. Majority, and this is the majority of most people's thoughts, and I'm going to test you now listening. It's like one of the first things that pop up when I say, go and find a business partner. Let's just assume there's someone. Let's go and find a business partner. A lot of people thought is, well, why would I want to give up 50%? Hold on you're actually gaining 50% because yep. you're going to go into business with someone who knows something that you don't that's going to be able to help and work, ideally, as hard as you in bringing this thing to life, right? Totally agree. Um, so, again, it's it's just looking at business very differently from the outset versus, oh, I'm going to give it a crack, I'm going to go and, and try it out. You know? <laughs> um, but back, back to yeah. that point, you know, the, the first day when I was an apprentice, when he said that, like – Going back in, in all of these different types of conversations, yeah, when I wrote my first book, this was 2015, um, I went through a timeline, and this is something I recommend every person do just because it's such, you get so many different insights. Um, I was trying to, to work on a specific chapter about you know, what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I went back through my entire life, back from, I think I was 35 when I wrote it, so you know, 35, 34, 33, all the way to my first ever memory. I, I needed to I needed to write down lessons that I learnt or that I could remember, powerful, impactful things that now I look back and go, oh, that was a valuable lesson. Whether it was you're sitting around a campfire with your grandfather when you're seven years old and he told you blah, 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 right? Um, the majority of my lessons came from when I was that apprentice. But it was the worst period of, of like, what I did was I hated it so much that I never really looked back at these lessons and go, oh, my God, this is so powerful. Right, so it's that trip down memory lane where you can unlock right now. So it's called Socratic coaching as well. In a way, it's your your ability to be able to self coach yourself because a lot of people are like, I don't have anyone I can speak to, and I totally get it because my entire life I sort of didn't. I was I was like the the ugly duckling in the family. I was this entrepreneurial, wanted to go and do heaps of things, um, and my family was like super conservative. You know, nine to oh, not a nine to five. It was like six to six. Worked in the mine. We had one holiday a year, etc. But your ability to go back through and look at your past history to be able to, you know, you learn from your past, right? You learn from your past, 
to um, bring it into the present to build your future. And I just think there's there's so many things that we've experienced through our life that we've either put a blanket over and we're ignoring, you know, because a lot of the answers that you need, whether it's starting a new business, whether it's entering into a new relationship, the answers are, are parked back there somewhere. Right? I've got no one to talk to. Look in the fucking mirror. Have a good relationship with that person. Yeah, you might have to put a mask on, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Mate, I, I look back at some of my um, – when I, as a young digger, this is in, in the early 90s, when I was 17, 18, 19, maybe until I was 2021. 20, some of the sergeants and, and bombardiers slash corporals that I had that were in my face from a leadership point of view, they were – tough they were ruthless they had standards they never compromised and mm. i fucking hated them at the time mm. but as then i became a, a leader and a junior nco and a senior nco myself i found myself with a different character and a different personality i did not compromise on standards i had my own sort of like they taught me to be that yeah. certain way from a military point of view um so yeah looking back now i you know i i I loved th- I loved them for what they did to me back then, mm. but you don't realise until later later down. Yeah, the track. hindsight's beautiful, isn't it? But, <laughs> but it's great. It's great to look back yeah. on. It's great to still be be a part of. And you that's know. why now what I do in my everyday life is, you know, whether it's weekly or monthly, depending on you know what's been occurring during that period, is I'll go back and go, okay, well let's let's look at the month that has been. What lessons have I taken out of this month? You know, where did I do something where I regret doing it or where could I have done something better? You know, generally, I'll do this generally weekly um, and now it's sort of gotten to a point where I'll do it while I might be sitting in the spa and I've you know, got half an hour to myself sort of thing and I'll just go through that. But if you don't, what will happen is in five years we go, oh, I remember when that happened to me. That was actually really good. Imagine if you could see what that lesson was that you've you've taken and then you could use it next week or you can use it next month right so your ability to reflect and really look at because here's and how does this all tie into business business is the biggest personal development journey you're ever going to go on concur right it absolutely is and i'm someone who wants to grow as a human being as much as i can so the universe gives me as many problems as it possibly can right and you would think now that you know i spend about five five or so hours a week with my companies the only time I'm really having a phone call with them is when there's something major. Like, So the, the decisions now are even more meaningful and there's more importance wrapped around them. Yeah, so I need to be on my game even more. Yeah, so I need to assess, hey, was the advice I gave this company here this week the best advice that we could? You know, because sometimes off the cuff isn't always generally the best. Mm. You know, I've, I've sort of wrapped up my, my intuition is right about 70% of the time which enables me to make decisions faster, right? Or else you get stuck in I don't, I no decision mode, right? Um, and I'm happy with a 7 out of 10 success rate. So your ability to be able to reflect, look at, and assess yourself, whether it's in business, whether it's in family life, whether it's in any relationship, that's the starting point, right, is to be able to really draw a line in the sand and go, okay, am I, am I wanting to embark on this journey? And if you are, I welcome you to the to the world of entrepreneurship because whilst we talk about it's the hardest, it's also the most fulfilling for me personally. It's the most fulfilling thing that I have concur ever done. again, yeah. <laughs> mate. So fucking true. Mm. And as many of you have seen on the Axon journey, start a business with your wife. There is a challenging personal development. You're the first seven activity. years I did that. <laughs> <laughs> did you, oh, tell yeah, tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, quickly. Yeah, well, um, when we started the fitness company, so I started. I was, I was a personal trainer. And then I met Emily at the gym, right? So I was her personal trainer. Um, 
it's funny because I say to her, she paid me money for my services. Um, <laughs> but it was you that was looking forward to the sessions. It was a big discount. I gave her the, the killer discount to just and get her. And she's an amazing client. lady too. Yeah. Shout and, out to you, Em. And um, she was hating her job. And she's like, oh, I just love fitness. She found a new passion for fitness. I said, oh, why don't you become a personal trainer? You know, and then that sort of led into um, her becoming a personal trainer and building an online platform. And, you know, I was really good at marketing at that stage as well because I was marketing my fitness stuff. And it just sort of took off from there. And, um, yeah, we were working together. Yeah, it would be about seven years. On Friday you said to me, you asked me a question that no one's ever asked me before. If you had to, if you had to start it all again, who would be the first person you'd hire? Mm. What did I say? What did you say? I might not have been listening to you. You were talking a whole lot of shit that day. I was just like, fuck this guy. I said my wife. Oh, my yeah, sorry. Wife. I said yeah, yeah, Tamara. That's, that's who I would hire. Yeah. because Because she knew she knows about marketing. Yep. She knows about HR principles. She's very good at managing the books and yep. the accounting stuff and everything. I'm going to so put like a massive the, caveat the around back that. end stuff was able to be taken care of so then I can just focus yep. on the front end stuff. I want to put a massive caveat around that. I was not talking shit. Is no, that no, what you're about to say? No, 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 no. no you, you were though. Um, <laughs> no. Is only go into business with your wife if you believe that it is the best thing for both of you. Meaning, it will affect your relationship something chronically because no matter how good you think you are at separating business and life and marriage and everything, it all gets clumped into one. One. So if you're not both entrepreneurial, because Emily wasn't entrepreneurial as much as me, like I'm on the spectrum, right? And what I felt sometimes is I was like, oh, let's do this, let's do this. She's like, oh, hold on a minute. And I felt like it was a restrictor, even though it was a good lesson, because um, sometimes she'd slow me down a little exactly bit. Exactly the same. But case in point is, just because your wife, because one of our portfolio companies right now, um, the wife of the founder is doing a lot of the financial stuff and, and a fair a few different admin tasks, right? And I'm like, look, the reality is this. We need someone full-time for that role and she's either going to be able to do the role and she wants to do the role, which she doesn't, or she's only doing it right now to, to save a little bit of cash flow, which is important. Sometimes you've got to go through these, these things. But the best outcome for the business is not to have your wife be that person because what it's doing is it's stopping us from hiring a full-time person who could do a full-time role in that and more than what's currently being done, which is going to save you more time over here. Because yep. the success of business is how quickly can you leverage your time. That is the ultimate, especially if you're the leader of the business. Yeah, and let me place a caveat on as well. I say Tamara as the, the very first person I would hire again because ultimately I needed someone who's got marketing experience, yeah. who's got back-end business systems and compliance and understanding. Your Tammy's like, a weapon as well and she yes. she loves business as well. So yeah. you guys have an equal passion for business. Yes, so and, it, and, yeah, and a unique sense. opportunity. Correct. You know, if you've just got a, if you've got your missus who's a stay-at-home mum. Correct. Or if you're a female and your old hubby's a stay-at-home dad, if he doesn't know about those things, he's not the right person because mm. it'll create stress on your mm. life. And you know, the fact that we, you know, we were able to eventually crack the code, but for the first couple of years, mate, we were bickering and arguing mm. and fucking, I was like, where to go to marriage counseling? I'm like, why is it this woman I love so much fucking hates me yeah. and I dislike her while, when, we, when we walk in the door with our axe yeah. on shirts on? Because when you first met, I bet you weren't going, fuck, she'd be a great business partner. <laughs> no. <laughs> right? I, I didn't know I was going to be in business yeah. when, I, when I first met. But. And that's evolution, right? As we mm. grow and evolve. And that's why when you look at relationships, we won't turn this into a relationship podcast. But, you know, the reality <laughs> is... I would fail at that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, relationships evolve. Businesses evolve. Right, and if you don't stop and check and pay attention to that, 
you're going to go, holy shit, it's been three years since we did this, or it's been however long. And it's like you're not learning the lessons along the way that you can implement now to create change. And that's how people can move and grow a lot faster than what they are, so they're not stagnant. Yeah, and it's not doing these ones, as I sort of, you know, pr- do a little whiplash thing for those not watching on YouTube. It's just about making those little incremental changes. I say to the team here every Friday, I'm like, the week has gone, al- the week's gone along and you have built bricks in your life. Like you have progressed, you've evolved, you've achieved things, you've had some wins, you've had some losses. On a Friday, just stop even for five minutes and just reflect on all that and visualise the concrete flowing over those bricks to solidify what the week's now brought for you. Mm. Like that, you know, and then obviously that then becomes a start point for the week after. And away you go, mate. You just like build on that week on week, month on month, year on year. That's how you evolve. Like, you know, I'm looking at bloody skyscrapers behind you now um, as we look over the Gold Coast skyline. They started with a slab on the ground. Mm-hmm. And fucking have a look at them now. Well, they started well before that. They well, started true. five years in pre-planning. Right? Yes, mate, you're absolutely so right. So that that is the the essence of what I'm really trying to get across here today is that the pre-thing, and it doesn't mean you need to sit there for years and think about this thing. It's you, you got to be progressing and pushing things through. But if you can have some pre-planned thoughts up front before you just go and pull a trigger on something, you're going to be far better off foundation to build from. There's some amazing lessons on life. There's some amazing lessons on business. Spready Campbell, thank you so much for joining me on Axons Unleashed. An absolute pleasure, mate. Take it easy. It's been my pleasure. See you next time. Thanks, everyone. Look forward to your feedback on this one.